someone else has already said it best. This is the best, the best of it. The best ones aren't as good as you probably think they are. What is best in life? I did the best I could. Doing my best. 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 Hello, 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 and welcome to Best of the Best Podcast. With me, myself, Mr. Connor Keyes, and beside me as always, Mr. Ronan Mullen. You're very welcome. Yes, we are indeed. <laughs> and uh, we are here today with uh, another classic, uh, the one and only Trading Places. Yeah, we, we did it again. We went back to the whale. We went back to the, the whale. The Murphy whale. It's a big whale. It's a fucking great whale. It's a great whale, too. I'll uh, drown in that whale. Well, we, we thought we would, we would go Trading Places, so yes, uh, Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy. 1983, mm-hmm. um, in the, back in the back in the prime, but in the this is second film, this second is fucking film. forty hours hadn't had been filmed, but had been filmed, but been it was released during the filming of this, right? Yeah, so he was literally becoming a, an overnight sensation on the set of Trading Places. So he was a, a, a John Landis film, John Johnny Land Johnny again, Land. again back to the same well. Back to the same well again. Uh, John Landis film um, tells a story of Dan Aykroyd, who is the wealthy um, business tycoon mm-hmm. um, or tra- st- uh, stockbroker, we should call a trader, commodities broker, commodities. And then we have uh, Eddie Murphy, who plays uh, <laughs> Bill Ray Valentine, a tramp, essentially <laughs> <Yeah>. a tramp. <laughs> uh, he's a tramp. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's uh, a con artist trying to uh, beg money off people, um, pretending that he can't he can't walk and he's no legs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which again, so I mean, the back to the we uh, a current a recurring theme within the podcast. We're talking about other people who were to play that role. Um, mm-hmm. Richard Pryor was originally. It was up. Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder were yeah. meant to be the, the two. Which would, yeah, again, you, could, which again you probably would, could see it. In that. Yeah, yeah, you definitely could. Also considered after Aykroyd was hired, uh, was Aykroyd and Belushi would have been a good pairing for... Yes. I think then, they, had a, they had a fear. Could, but, well, could Aykroyd do it without Belushi? I well, think, Belushi was dead at this point. Yeah, so well, that's that was fucking... That well, this is, 80, this is just before Belushi died, I think, when they were getting ready to start filming yeah, this. Yeah, because the reason Pryor didn't do it is because of his incident with setting himself on fire. Yeah, that's right. Rome and down uh, Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, he poured rum over himself when he was high as fucking crack cocaine and set himself on fire and then run down the street. Was he not freebasing? Yeah, they say that, but he said that he he poured rum on himself and while he was freebasing, he set himself on fire. But he didn't know he was on fire. Ah, and he decided he walked outside and realized it's really warm. (laughs) And he's yes, it's Halloween. You're no, it's really warm. You're going fire. And he just went running down the street. How much drugs do you have to take to not feel to not fire? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So his the consideration. So you can see why he wasn't in trading places. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) he probably he was in a bit of a state. But uh, Gene Wilder and himself in it. Yeah, it would have worked, but. It would have been a different film. Different film. And I think the, the energy that both Murphy and Aykroyd bring, um, I don't think could have been replicated by the other two. No. Because it's it, so fast-paced. Yeah. And it was a bit of a, of a stretch for the studio because they had Aykroyd, who, like you say, they weren't considering because without Belushi, is there a point to Aykroyd? He'd already released the film without Belushi yeah. um, a few months before, and it bombed really bad. So people were thinking... This mightn't work. And then Murphy, who had just been a Saturday Night Live alumni, they were going, they hadn't seen 48 Hours yet, so it was a big risk. Yeah. The bigger risk was Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, that wasn't, yeah, that was a sort of a, a out of the dark sort of one there. Um, well, she was just a horror actress. Like, yeah. That's all they were, she was Halloween, prom night, all that stuff. Yeah. She was getting paid a million dollars for Halloween 2. Right. Got paid 70 grand for this because they were taking a risk on her. But yeah, by taking the risk... Taking the risk because she was breaking genre as opposed to yes, anything else, yeah. definitely. But by taking the risk, they found, to me, probably great, one of the best comic actresses you'll... She's brilliant timing, like... Yeah, really, really don't, good. Don't, 
Don't say it. I can I, see it in your say, face. No, I can I was, see it in your face. I said she has exceptional comic timing. Really good comic timing. Do you want to um, know a few facts about Jamie Lee Curtis? Because I don't want to oh, like sexualize her. Because I like oh. Jamie Lee Curtis. <coughs> she's from a, uh, obviously she's Hollywood royalty. She's Hollywood royalty. Yeah. Do you know her father? Yeah. Well, not Tony. Tony Curtis. Tony. Yeah. When he died, he caught all of his children out of his will. Six months before he died. Good man, Tony. And give everything to the new doll. Oh, no. Jesus. I'm not even in sound mind. Oh, Jesus. Connor, don't even chat to me. Fuck. I was up for a few of them pounds, you know. Jordan O'Reilly. United Hall. <laughs> Jimmy Lee Curtis holds a patent for an invention since 1987 for a nappy <laughs> that holds wipes in it. Right? Right. She's been offered billions for this patent because it clearly taps into what we're doing right now in this world with, you know, yeah. environmentalism and yeah, yeah. wastage. And, but she won't sell it until a company can start selling a fully biodegradable nappy. Right. And then she'll sell them the patent. But if anybody tries to take her idea, she'll sue the fuck out of them. Good you woman. also know that Good she's woman. Jake Gyllenhaal's godmother? No. There you fucking go. Did not know that. And of course she's a baroness. Oh, Jackie boy. Is she a baroness? Hi. No, she, they all are. Royalty. But she refuses to use the title. Does she? Because she's a good girl. God bless her. Telling you. Jamie Curtis is the one. She's one of the good ones. So we've got we've got the main three. Right, okay. And this main three go on to... Well, Eddie Murphy fucking rules the world from here on in, like. Yeah. It, it doesn't stop. So the, the, the film is, is loosely based on... Mark Twain's Prince and the Pauper. Yes. So it's kind of uh, what we get to meet is are the two um, extremely rich brothers. Yeah. Who decide just for the sheer crack of it, mm. just because they can, because they're rich and because they're mm-hmm. f- fuckers, uh, decide then to mess about and see if uh, it all does boil down to money or opportunity, nature and nurture. Yep. So. Like you said about the Prince and the Pauper, it also has a link to the Marriage of Figaro, which is a Mozart opera. Which is what we heard at the start. Which is the music from the start. Now, of course, we've heard that music in the start. It's also in the Marriage of Figaro. Yeah. And it plays at the start of this film. So, obviously, they know the link. Mm -hmm. But the writer himself, Timothy Harris, says that the whole film is based on he used to go and play tennis, right. and there was these two really competitive old rich white people who played tennis with him, and they would fight amongst each other over like a $5 bet <laughs> at tennis, and he said it all boiled down to that, and he was like, it was a public like, tennis court, so it was like $2, and they'd be fighting over who would pay the next dollar, <laughs> and he said it was, it was ridiculous, and he just started writing this story based on it, so... It is a sort of knowing wink to have that music at the start, but yeah. I really don't think they follow the, the plot of Mozart's opera too closely. Mm, I, yeah, I can imagine so. But what it does do, it gives Murphy, like most of his earlier films, and some of his later ones that he tried to do, but they didn't go as well, but it gives him a chance to like, have some great standout scenes. Yeah. And of stuff that you know is improvised. Yeah. You know, uh, there's certain, whether the, the script might be very tight, but the sounds and the movements and all the rest are not. That's why, obviously, when you're listening to this, um, we hope you're going to watch it because so many good visual things. But the setup of the whole film comes where uh, Billy Ray Valentine is accused of trying to uh, mug Dan yeah. Aykroyd. Which he clearly didn't do. He didn't. He was trying to give him his briefcase, briefcase back. But you've got that thing of... And this is why it's a sort of... It's socioeconomic in the sense it talks about it. But it's also the race thing as well. It well, was originally to be called Black and White. It was originally... And ironically, John Landis directed Michael Jackson's Black and White video. Black or White? Ooh. Is it not Black and White? Not Black or White. Jesus. Mm-hmm. I've been getting that wrong for years. Michael Jackson. Nose crack. What are, um, we, what are we going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's what, yeah, I, 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 black and white wouldn't have been a great No, it's sort of, yeah. Um, black and white, what does that mean? Yeah, and it was a great way of actually maybe bringing comedy and, and highlighting the people, as you called it, the commodities. The commodity. Well, it, it's, there's a quote I have here that says that 
described as having one of the best descriptions of American commodities trading of any movie ever. Yeah. Uh, the ending is speed of sound complex. American financial trades will still post descriptions lauding it. Yeah. It's because it, and if you go into it, yeah, and, it's and, and watch the ending again, you're going, that's really over the top, like descriptive. And mm. it, it, they walk you through it in the scene where both the Dukes are talking to Billy Ray yeah. and oversimplifying what commodities are and how they sell them in a stock exchange. Mm-hmm. But that's minimal compared to what happens at the end. Yeah. Because what happens at the end, I still have to read about it to get exactly <laughs> yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, that's why it's 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 a very smart film in that sense. Um, so you've got all the elements of the likes of Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the elements of the economics. You've got the the comedy element of it. You've got the the, the sort of showing the deprivation of both sides. Yep. living in one city. Uh, and you got the city, Philadelphia, for no yeah. reason whatsoever. It's in Philadelphia. <laughs> it's in Philadelphia. Um, so uh, th- there's a lot to this, but at the very start, so Eddie Murphy uh, character ends up getting getting arrested mm-hmm. and put into jail and this is where you see then how much of a criminal he actually is in the sense that he's not he's just a like a con bluffing, man basically bluffing he's just, flat he's just bluffing and just trying to wing it and uh, he's trying to let <laughs> to let on to everyone in the jail how tough he is Quarter blood technique. You do that, a quarter blood will drop out of a person's body. <laughs> Tell how you beat on the cop. Wasn't no cop, man. It was cops. Plural. Nine, ten cops. Beat the shit out of ten cops and had to change my whole strategy around. Yo, when they brought you in here and booked you, you was crying like a pussy. Yeah. That's because it's when the cops fell, he threw tear gas in my face. And that's the kind of shit they use on crowds, man. I still walk in here like a man, so get out of my face, all right? I mean, you, you beating up on a man, you putting a man in a hospital, how come I don't see no marks on you? Yeah. Because I'm a karate man, all right? Karate man bruise on the inside. They don't show their weaknesses. But you don't know that because you're a big Barry White-looking motherfucker. Now get off my back, all right? Oh, uh, so yes, Murphy's just <laughs> let go, and uh, and he's allowed to he's allowed to allowed to shine as he always does in those uh, in the earlier films. And I mean, you've you've that yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. A, that was, Murphy used to do that for the Saturday Night Live thing. Uh-huh. James Brown, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, this is that's this was a nice setup to it as it leads on then because you've got Dan Aykroyd's character is living the life of luxury. Oh yes. Absolute luxury, and here is Murphy in a jail cell, and uh, it it sort of again begs the question: which one's right, which one's wrong? You know, in that sense, is it right that your guy? Because Ackroyd's a dick. Ackroyd's a dick. He's a dickhead. Yeah, 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 absolutely. He's an asshole. He's a rich asshole who 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 purposely didn't give a shit if he put this guy into jail mm-hmm. for something he didn't do that he knowingly didn't do. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of layers to it. Like, but sometimes just hard to see the layers when such fucking funny stuff's happening. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you don't really... I mean, the first time I saw it, it must have been eight or nine, ten, yeah, you know, something like that. Like, and again, it was another edited on TV version of the film, but... No boobies. No boobies, which we'll get to. Um, <laughs> you always do. And the worst part about it was that when Murphy goes full throttle, mm-hmm. that's all you remember. Oh, I. And even as an adult, when I watch it now, I'm trying, I'm trying to. Well, there's a lot of controversy around this film, mm. and we'll, we'll obviously cover a bit of it. But the biggest bit of controversy about this film is when Dan Aykroyd puts on essentially blackface. Yes. And has, in the eighties, it wasn't right. Yeah. It's not right now. No. It shouldn't have been done. Yeah. But <laughs> I think they thought it was okay. When because Eddie think, Murphy's yeah, in it and, he, and he he didn't care. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, yeah, it's, it's got to be. Well, we don't know. He didn't care. I, I know, it's but just, he, he was he, just he in Forty Eight Hours. Yeah, so and probably, Nick yeah, Nolte's running around calling him all the names of the day in yeah. Forty Eight Hours, and then he's in this and he's doing that. And I think he just went along. And I think the concept of it, you know, it was a fancy dress party. You know, it wasn't. Yeah, you know, like, but we'll get to that scene. Yeah. But if you think about it now for a minute, there's no need for him to be in that scene. No. He'd already taken the briefcase and swapped it over. He didn't need to come in dressed as Lionel. Uh huh. You'd nearly think they did it in badness. Mm hmm. So uh, we're, 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 we've already got Eddie Murphy flying through it. And yes, I was not thinking of any themes of racism, of economics, of 
I was just no. Eddie Murphy's here, and this is unbelievable. Yeah, and, and and like you said, when he starts on what clearly you look at now in their improvisational improvisational scenes, yeah, you can't look away from him. You can't look away from him. But ultimately, no matter who you are, when you're watching this, you're on Murphy's side mm-hmm. because the rich fucker that has everything and he's yep. stuck up and he looks down at people and and uh, you're always gone. You're egging on the underdog at all times. I think that's, the, that's part of the human spirit, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. But Murphy's just makes you love me more. Because <laughs> yeah. some of the stuff they provide. Yeah. So the, basically, the two brothers have got him uh, into a suit and got him cleaned up and <laughs> got him a chauffeur and stuff, and are showing him to what would have been Louis, uh, Dan mm-hmm. Aykroyd's characters. Um, I was going to say apartment. It's not an apartment. It's a, a townhouse. Maybe it's, it's a like fucking. A, it's <laughs> a, like it's in it's in a city, but it's one of those big fucking fancy fancy uh, houses you'll get. Uh, maybe say along Fifth Avenue or something. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, mm-hmm. it's a proper big house. So. Uh, we'll play a wee clip of because he's trying to get his head around it just like us yeah he can't believe that the scenario they're putting to him is true and he thinks he's being punked and he thinks he's being set up to probably get bombed or something or <laughs> something horrific but he definitely doesn't believe any of this is true so uh, uh, again the, the you'll, uh, when you watch you'll see but uh, from from the first utterance of any word basically he's sticking things in his pocket <laughs> as he's doing it what do you think? I like it, Randy. It's very nice. I like the way you got the mirrors and stuff hooked up over there. It's very pretty. I like that. I like that mirror. I don't think he understands, Randolph. Oh, but Marty, I do understand. <laughs> William. Yes. This is your home. Uh-huh. Right. It, it belongs to you. Yeah, all this is mine. I like my home. It's very nice. It has very nice tasting houses. I like Everything it. you see in this room is yours now. Uh-huh. This is my stuff. <laughs> your own personal property? Yeah, my own personal shit. You understand? This is mine. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, you know what I like most about my place, Randy? The curtains, man. Look at the curtains. It's beautiful the way I got this place set up, man. This is something else. I like it. The cabinets and whatnot. Beautiful. I suppose uh, you're going to just give me this TV set for free, huh, Randy? That's right. Uh-huh. Everything in here is mine, huh? Oh, I guess the stereo is mine free, too, huh? Absolutely. This is too much for me, man. You know, I can really dig this, Randy. You know why? This kind of thing happens to me every week. This <laughs> is your house. <laughs> great taste in houses. <laughs> just sticking in a, a fucking cigar box down his shirt laughing and ringing out um, so yeah that, so that gives the concept and I mean it, 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 it did I don't think it, like you I didn't ask that question as an 8 year old or 9 year old but in, in later years you do ask that question what would you do you know how great would it be if somebody walks up and goes here there's a big house there's a car it's all yours it's all yours you were going how long fuck up <laughs> you're trying to do something here now uh-huh. there's a scam going on somewhere but back uh, then, like you said, all you thought about was, oh, amazing, would that be? I could, would that be something right. along? Just Whereas like your man and I are going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. fucker's going to take it away. Yeah, all right. Well, that's where all, the, uh, when all your dreams just boil down to that. Um, and it, it 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 sort of did, like we say, John Landis, um, I mean, his, we know his, his back catalogue. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he knows comedy. Yeah, he But does. he also has the other sort of, drama stuff to it as well yeah he's, he's, he's a good cinematic sort of vision yeah like the, even the intro there where it shows that the cuts between what philadelphia actually looks like uh-huh. and the upper side of philadelphia yeah it's done very well yeah yeah yeah. it really does show the sort of the contrast and sides of one place mm-hmm. which is quite bizarre uh and i mean when you get on this jim lee curtis plays part but you've also got the side partners or the side characters of the two brothers yes and then you've got Denim. Denim. Denim Elliot. Denim Elliot is... W- w- he was called... Who was it? Gabriel Byrne? Gabriel Byrne said, never act with children, dogs, or Denim Elliot. Because <laughs> he, uh, he was called the scene stealer. Right. Yes. That was his nickname. He won three BAFTAs three years in a row. Right. Um, he's... he's, he's war- he, it was, apologies, world class. He, uh, he plays the... The, the butler chauffeur the, butler. the 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 man of the house um i mean it's <laughs> he he sort of the, the bit that i love the most about it, and i only realized that when watching it again recently was when he goes in to Louis and he's doing his awful um <laughs> sensual lovemaking with <laughs> penelope and it's horrible <laughs> it's like the worst writing you've ever <laughs> and he walks in with this this dessert that he's clearly spent a long time making He's like, no, 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 you, we don't want it, you take it. And he just goes and dumps it in the fucking bin. He's like, fuck it. <laughs> fuck you. 
so even then, yeah, you can see, and that's the joy of that. You need that sort of balance to Billy Ray Valentine mm-hmm. um, because he's Denim's kind of our guide. Yeah. In, in a way, yeah. In a sense, of the audience, like we're sort of going right. How's this boy? <laughs> is he going to deal with this? And you're watching, <laughs> and then uh, Billy Ray decides to have a party then in the house and stuff because he goes back to his old dive bars that he used to. Yep. People saying own him money and he owes everything and he's got this cash everywhere and stuff. But then you start to see then at that party, for instance, you start to see a change in Billy Ray. Yeah, instantly. Where he's going, oh, well, that's my fucking shit. Don't mm-hmm. be messing my, you know what I mean? Even though it's not his shit. Not his but shit. in his mind, it becomes his stuff. Yeah. And so he constantly, uh, you can certainly see a change in his uh, his thing too. But black or white, good or evil sort of thing comes into mm-hmm. this as well, ultimately, when you sense of yeah, yeah. Dan Aykroyd's character was evil, and that's saying he was bad. Mm-hmm. Murphy's was good. Billy Ray's good because Billy Ray then decides to change things mm-hmm. because he doesn't understand that somebody else, he's taken somebody else's place. Yes. Yeah, so he doesn't see Dan Aykroyd in the fucking, the mental breakdown he's had. Credit cards are all cancelled. Credit cards are all cancelled. into the country club. Uh, um, Penelope no has now dumped him mm-hmm. because um, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Ophelia, has turned up and pretended that he's her pimp or whatever. Yeah. She was paid um, to frame him. She was paid yeah. to frame him. But that, that, you can see, he's turning, he's turning to a side of good. Yeah. But by having a mental breakdown, yeah. Whereas Billy Ray is turning on his own terms because uh, he thinks he's got an opportunity. Yeah, that's it. And so both are essentially good. Yeah, they're trying to better themselves yes. in some way. Well, but but well, but money makes us money evil. makes the work around, and uh, so you do see a, a a shift even in the audience's thinking. Mm-hmm. Going all right enough. Okay, what what actually is important? What's you're going like. Is it our, it's better to have a load of money or do you want to be on the street eating fucking fish you just sold from a, mm-hmm. a party? Eating <laughs> out of your Santa Claus eating beard. Eating Santa Claus beard, which is one of the, probably <laughs> one of so the horrible. best standout scenes. And I, I don't know why. I think it's to do with the sort of polyester type of fake beard. Yeah. But the fish mixed in with it. Oh, man. So the this thought is when, of eating this is that hair. And the hair. So this is when Dan Aykroyd's at his lowest. So he's tried everything. He's been outcasted by his friends. Um, he's not got the financial support he had been used to. And I think it's, again, like a life lesson. He learned who his real friends were. He learned that he didn't have maybe any friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jamie Lee becomes like a, what would you call it, like a surrogate girlfriend as such, sort of? Yeah. I mean... He, She's not really going out with him, but No, it's but even when he's there and there's people calling to her door that we see, uh, clearly looking to pay her for little loving. Uh, she, well, she, I, didn't she, I didn't. I didn't want to bring her down, you know. Um, well, she's into the oil. A guy Trans- does come to the door with flowers, and I'm pretty sure he wasn't there just to give her flowers. Transactional intercourse, I think uh, it's called. Yeah. Um, but she forces that away. It's not contactless, but no. It's not con- <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, do they? <laughs> do they have the wee PayPal? Card reader? Maybe they do now. Maybe, maybe we're actually living in Demolition Man style where we just put on the VR and we do it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do it remotely. <laughs> remotely, quietly. Them dolls need to crack. <laughs> They've upped their game big time now. They have upped it. Uh, but so you're still, I mean, yeah, she, she's. So that's, that's the other side of this too was what society would tell us about Jamie Lee is she's evil, she's bad mm-hmm. because she's got a job where. She sells her body for for money. Yeah. Um. But again, the film shows who's good and who's not. Yeah. The, and it shows it just doesn't matter what. Usually, it just matters the rich concert the bad ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which which we do get and we we gladly celebrate. But yeah. Uh. The the thing about Jamie Lee Curtis's character Ophelia is she 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 clearly states early on in us meeting her that she's saving up her money mm. and this isn't the game she's in for forever. She yeah. wants to go legitimate with something else and be, but where where you're at with with her, almost instantaneously stops the minute she takes her clothes off. No, it was a it was a. How long did we get there? It, Twenty minutes in. It was about? A, a revelation, is what I want to call it. But it it's, literally, it's it literally not, was a revelation. But it was a sexual awakening, Connor. Th- that's a, maybe a better description of it. Yeah, yeah. And um, God bless you, Jimmy Lee. Yep. I've went through three pairs of glasses. You've done, <laughs> you've done a lot of good in the world. A lot of good. Um, depending on who, who, who who's looking at us, and uh, but yeah, it was for me, Envy. 
But it was oh, absolutely, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, beauty's beauty, Ronan. Beauty is beauty, and she is remarkable. <laughs> short it's, hair and everything, man. The no, revelation. Short hair. Every, then, I short was going, hair and boobs. And I'm, I'm alright, but this, this yeah, is good. It's good. Um, yeah, this is a great film. <laughs> <laughs> I've laughed my ass off. I'm half blind. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> And I'm learning, and I'm le- I've learned, and I've learned. I learned it that if you could, if you here, if 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 school was the gat, fucking school, man, can't wait to go to school. School was the gat where you got to laugh, learn, and see daddies. That would be in some school. Strathroy will be the leaders <laughs> of the world. <laughs> she did what? <coughs> if only if Pythagoras' only. theorem's lethal. <laughs> Um, but I mean, so but it was in nineteen eighty three. I mean, we're still you're talking a film. It says online that it was rated eighteen. Mm. Uh, I thought it was a fifteen, but it just shows you that obviously the boobies brought it to eighteen. The boobs and there's an excessive amount of swearing. In this a lot of swearing in the film. <laughs> a yeah. lot of. They were swearing. given a lot of freedom, especially Murphy, in regards mm-hmm. to his, his swearing, which I thought they would have cut out. Um, again, the edited versions I remember seeing on TV were nowhere near no closely original. That's why it was sort of shocking when I seen it for the first yeah. time proper and the <laughs> amount of uh, we 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 haven't really got to Clarence Beaks yet, but there's a scene where he's on the phone explaining to the Dukes. He's on a payphone, public payphone, and there's a woman standing beside him. And he's explained to the Dukes <laughs> yes. that he's got the crop report. And he just look, turns around and looks at the woman once, continues to talk, and they turn around and looks at her again and goes, hold on. He looks at the woman dead in the head and goes, fuck off. <laughs> and then goes back to the phone. <laughs> it's a and it's a standout second, yeah. moment. Like, it really it does. does. And you can tell out. it was improvised. Like. It, was comp- uh, it was just fucking brilliant. And the way it just, as you say, it just stands out so much. And how he's just staring right in her face. <laughs> like, it <doesn't> it's <laughs> brilliant. Um, so Clarence Beaks, now we're on that. And so... The, the idea of this, and again, this is only, I mean, this is only movies. Ronan, this doesn't happen in real life. It's not real. So what they're saying in this movie, because this is fantasy, is that sometimes the commodities are fixed. Um, mm. Mm. That somehow they know the information on stocks beforehand and they can buy and sell. Depending yeah, yeah. on who you are and how much money you have. The wealthy never lose, Connor. Always remember that. But that's, that is, that, that yeah, that's, that's. The sort Which of, is f- weird. That's very strange. Never, just, I don't know how they never, <laughs> never lose. It must be luck. God. Really good it's luck. It's skill. Our skill. They're schooled like Jamie Lee's school. That's what they it is. constantly had young Tai Taiwanese boys about keeping them right. Keeping them right. Yeah, well, that's I don't know how Jamie Lee becomes Taiwanese, but well, they, they them type of boys don't like Jamie Lee's. Oh, right, they like Taiwanese. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going? Where are we? <laughs> um, uh, but no, the 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 commodities thing and the. But it is so what they're saying was Clarence Beaks basically is the guy who was. The commodities trading is based on a crap report. Yes. And Clarence Beaks then was hired by the, the Dukes, the, the Dodgy Brothers, to intercept the report, bring mm-hmm. it to them first so they could see mm-hmm. what it is has been sold, and then they can uh, fix the market and make a fortune. Yes. They can so, get the... If the orange crops are going to be in bloom, uh-huh. or if they were fucked by the bad winter. Yeah. Either way, the price is going to go really high or go really low. Yeah. And because they know it's fixed, because they've had the, uh, illegally intercepted the report, mm-hmm. they will put all their money on it because they know. Yeah. Because they know they know. So the plan the two boys set up once Eddie Murphy actually finally gets in contact with Louis properly and they sit down and realize <laughs> Eddie's having a wee, or Billy Ray, I should say. Billy Ray's having a wee doobie in the, yes. in the toilets and the cubicles. After, after, uh, Louis has attempted to set him up with drugs in his drawer. Yeah. He takes one of the doobs and sticks it in his pocket. <laughs> yeah. And it harken back to, I'm still a bit of a thug. Like, <laughs> No running what he's doing there is he's, still, he's highlighting that, let's be honest, all that other stuff's dangerous, but a wee doob's no harm. I just need a wee doob right now. There's a lot of white people. There's a lot of stress around. Surrounded by a lot of rich white people. A lot of white people. And yeah, so he's in the toilets and he's having a wee smoke and the two brothers come in and he overhears their conversation. Which is probably, I would say, if a, any lesson out of it was probably the most disgusting for anybody, especially for the audience watching it, going, you fucking bastards. Yeah. So we, we know, but when they put it that way. When they put it of, that And they call them the yeah. N-word, and yeah. they just say that the N-word can't p- lead our company or whatever the line is, and y- y- then you're going, motherfucking mm. bastards. Uh, so it turns out then, without giving anything away, I mean, you could we knew there was a bet, but the bet was for one dollar. Yeah. And you're like, oh, bastards. Absolute hooters, bastards. And, you know, again, another life lesson to me was, okay, it doesn't matter about the amount. One dollar 
or one trillion, mm-hmm. the damage can be done. Yeah. Simple as yeah, that yeah. by other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was a, yeah, that was a learning. But I mean, the other thing was not fucking trust rich people. Rich people. Mm-hmm. Fuck you over. Especially the white ones. White motherfuckers. <laughs> Fuck, I hate whitey. <laughs> Always though. White devil, man. White and right. White devil. <laughs> the white devil. Um, so the two boys hatch a plan then, and they go to, uh, well, along with Jamie Lee and... Uh, uh, Denim. Denim. What is, uh, what's the, the butler's name? It's... Uh, Lewis? No, not Lewis. Jesus, that's... That's... Dan Aykroyd. It's uh, one of those fancy. <laughs> we got a fancy pants name. Let's say Alfred Coleman. Uh, Coleman. Coleman. Jeez, I couldn't think of it there. So yeah, Coleman, and uh, they they decide. That is an Alfred sort of name. That is Coleman. Alfred sort of name. So they're there, decide to try and, uh, uh, well, try and upset the Dukes, upset the brothers. Well, they're going to put in the report that the Dukes think they've got leaked exclusively. Yeah. Uh, they're going to put the opposite of what they think. Yeah. Well, they're going to have to try and find it first. So they realize then that Clarence Beaks was actually the guy because Jamie Lee Curtis didn't know who hired us and the guy paid her money to go and pretend to kiss Louis in front of his uh, uh, yep. ex-girlfriend now. Fiance. Fiance. And so uh, they realize Clarence Beaks is actually the henchman for the Dukes mm-hmm. and uh, they want to intercept the crap report and swap it with one that they fixed. Yep. And to do that, then they go on a train journey. Now, this is where... I know where you're going to go here. This is where things get a wee bit... I'm not going to say weird. Okay. But it is weird. And it gets a wee bit sort of sketch-like. Mm-hmm. Like a run of four or five different sketches in a row. Okay, yeah, all right. Do you I know what I mean? I didn't it's know where you were going to go. All right, okay, where were you going? I thought you were going to ask me the question that everybody's asked. What? Why were they on a train that was going from Washington to Philadelphia? <laughs> from Philadelphia to New York? <laughs> How did they get to Washington? To get on the train from Washington to Philadelphia, from well, Philadelphia to New York. The only thing I could suggest, I didn't even know that. I didn't even pick up on that. Because the guy says early on, we're about to stop in Philadelphia. And you're like, you were just in Philadelphia. <laughs> well, this is a two-hour film. It's I, th- right? That's another fucking and thing I never, ever picked up that yeah, it was that long. A two-hour film that I think could have probably taken out about 15 or 20 minutes. Okay. So there probably is 15 or 20 minutes has been but cut of it already. Not, not Jamie Lee. Oh, not Jamie. Oh, thank well, God. I don't know. Maybe for, for the sake of the children. God forgive they might see a set of breasts can I play Marvin Gaye again I've been really trying yeah so it could have been edited down maybe there is a, a plot point we there are there, there are elements of it that are because what I'm saying about the sketch and the things is you've got people coming in then uh, you've got the main characters themselves obviously all playing fake characters mm-hmm. Helga from Sweden and yeah the uh, Col- Lionel Coleman's playing Col- and Lionel obviously Coleman's a drunk Irish priest <coughs> yeah, who drops the accent almost instantly <laughs> the very first one to come in but is uh, is Billy Ray Eddie Murphy <laughs> as um, <laughs> well he, he's going to announce introduce himself yeah he does introduce himself yeah Merry New Year <laughs> Happy New Year in this country, we say Happy New Year. <laughs> Thank you for correcting my English with stinks. I am Nanja Ibuko, exchange student from Cameroon. <laughs> <laughs> the, the line after this—it's my favorite line where he sits down and he's singing, ole, ole, and then he goes beef jerky time, <laughs> and he offers it. Clarence speaks beef jerky. He's like, no, 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 and he goes, I have, I have a lot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd wonder, like, just uh, on the comedy end of things, you'd wonder how many times he did a, a different, yeah, take on that, oh, yeah, different thing, and how many times they had to stop till, ev- yeah, till eventually went right. Okay, the beef jerky one works. It's we'll take that and he pulls it. because like you couldn't write that sort no, of stuff. That's not the, written. These, that's like you said rightly. These are the scenes in the film. Where there's no fucking way you can see anybody else doing it but no. them. Yeah. Whereas I would definitely consider Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder for anything because Richard mm. Pryor and Gene Wilder are oh, fucking masterpieces. Yeah. Yeah. But that type of scene, nobody else could do it. No. And you find that a lot in this film where you start to appreciate every actor in it that wee bit more. Yeah. So, like, uh, we mentioned Clarence Beats, but of course, Clarence Beats is Paul Gleason. 
Mm-hmm. And we know him from everything. Uh, the Breakfast Club. <laughs> yeah. He's a teacher. We know him from Die Hard. Die Hard. He's the right. fucking he's the, the police the chief. Captain, yeah. And we also know him from Friends. That's right, yeah. And he's in Drake and Josh. Oh, is it? Right. So that's for the younger kids. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I remember that. I just but he's that. a fuck another masterpiece of fucking you know character acting. Yeah, he's, he's one so of those. Like, yeah. He's another scene stealer in a mm-hmm. film filled with scene stealers. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, so he's a straight villain if you want, and he does play quite straight as you know, obviously as he has to. Um, so yeah, we'll get to the sort of we'll come you know, the train journey is a <laughs> does get a bit weird. It's it's New Year's Eve, so there's yeah. a party going on. Everybody's in fancy dress. So there's monkeys and there's gorillas and there's different. You know, there's, it's it's a yeah. At the time, I thought it was absolutely fucking brilliant. Yeah, because I was a ten year old or whatever. I thought this is amazing. Just the whole thing started funny. But now when you're a bit older, you're thinking, right? Okay, they could have taken out some wee bits. Yeah, it's but then you're it's leaving, a plot you know, point that you it, it could have been tightened up or could have been written a different way. Yeah. And again, like we said, the train journey doesn't make sense from where they're going to and going from. And then they hand over the switcheroo happens where the briefcase is swapped. Yeah. And they hand it over to Dan Arker, who's in the toilet of the train. Mm-hmm. And he puts the wrong report into Beeks' briefcase. Yeah. Then they bring the briefcase back. But Dan Arker didn't need to come back. Yeah. And he didn't need to be dressed as a Jamaican. <laughs> and he didn't need to put blackface on. And he didn't. Why is he there? <laughs> but the one of the best scenes or best reactions it's seconds long is when, when he first walks in and notices Eddie Murphy's character and pretends in character that they were at a convention together yeah. a student convention together Eddie Murphy's reaction of oh really? <laughs> is brilliant <laughs> and he's such a good actor man he's not even just comedic timing yeah, is good he's brilliant like everything about him is, uh, uh, but you also like, appreciate and, and I'm not slagging Dan Aykroyd in any way he's, he's, he's not that type of person but Dan Aykroyd is amazing in this film too. Yeah, very, and very he good. plays it so well. And you just, but again, would you? You would. I don't remember Aykroyd ever having a lead role. Well, he's the Blues always, Brothers. He, but he, again, he played second yeah. fiddle. In the I mean, he's never there. had a solo film. He's always been a character actor, but he's always been brilliant in them. Yeah, even Gross Point Blank or things yep. like that. You know, he's been fucking. He's been top class. Now he's done some shit too. Like, but you're he's done hasn't? some dung, but you're. Uh, and to be honest with you, I mean, there's people listening to maybe go, fucking trading places, best, really? And you're going, well, first of all, fuck off, because we write the rules, but... But not only that, if you if you don't I mean, warrant this film, I don't fucking... You're not in my fucking ballpark. Yeah. But, but I, not even if... I'm not talking about the huge racial, socioeconomic issues of it. If you don't watch this film and bust your hole at least three times, in the <laughs> first 15 minutes, never mind the whole film, uh, we, how many times... Over pints over the last twenty years. Yep. Have you, I, or Bondi or somebody went Billy Ray Valentine, Capricorn. Yep. <laughs> yep. We what still way, do it. What a way to introduce yourself. Yeah. Billy Ray Valentine, Capricorn. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't even. The, the amount of times I've heard somebody, I've been. We talked about it before, but we've been in a bar and I could hear somebody at the bar going, "Yeah," <laughs> and you go, "Oh, he's doing the the whole bit. He's <laughs> doing the entire bit." Uh, so yeah, you've got you've got these this madness going on the train, and they're trying to get this uh, swapped. I mean, they've done the swap and the swap around. It gets into a wee bit of maybe, you know, the standoff type thing and blah blah. But we ultimately come to the end, which you know, in a, in a pretty plain sailing film like this, you're going to know the end. You know, obviously mm-hmm. the, the good guys win. Good guys always win. Good guys need to win. Um, and so what's happened is they've managed to switch it. The two brothers think they're. They just believe that's it. They've they've made an absolute fortune. They're yep. going to quadruple or five times the money they have, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, they've managed to fucking switch. Around. I I still never. I still don't actually understand the final scene because the I don't mean the physically of. I always seen the stock markets, and I always seen them being chaos and hectic, and you know. Yep. So. There's a point where they won't sell till a certain till it reaches a certain point, blah yep. blah blah blah. And then when they sell and everybody's going mad and they're all going mad, like how the fuck do you control that? How do you know who bought and who didn't and how do you know? You it's know? all about the slips. The sl- if the slips are th- the slips are all picked up off the floor and they're estimated. Ah, it's it's like a fucking it's the worst way of doing anything ever because yeah. it looks like even though it's in the eighties and this is at the stock exchange at the World Trade Center at the time yeah. and it's like. 
every time you have an image in your head of a stock exchange, that's the image you have. Nah, that's what I mean. So I was it's like, still not. Does... It's still that. It, it's still. Oh, brilliant. It's still the exact same way. <laughs> so that's uh, the way it's been since the fucking twenties. Alright. So basically, a whole yeah. country's GDP could just go away if a fucking gust of wind hits a piece of paper. So, <laughs> aye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a. It's a very bizarre. Fuck. There's this line, and uh, I was reading NPR about what actually happens at the end of trading places. Uh-huh. And there's this line. Right. So they buy low to get rich. Yeah. Right? So it's buy low, sell high. That's yeah. the fucking aim of the game. This is the paragraph. In other words, Winthorpe and Valentine have contracts that they initially bought, allowing them to buy millions of pounds of orange juice in April for 29 cents and to sell it for $1.42. Oh. So that's how it works. Right. So, so they, that was five they times ma- their money. That was, th- yeah. They make the agreement mm-hmm. before the guy comes on the TV to say the orange harvests are actually really good. So yeah. orange prices are going to be low because there's a lot of something, mm-hmm. value drops. If there's a little of something, value goes up. So they sold high and then bought low. Mm-hmm. So that's how they make their money. That's essentially it. But for fucking years, I go, how is that? How did they do that again? Uh-huh. Now, since we've seen the big short and we've seen the Wolf of Wall Street and we've seen people on TV going, this is how this works. And you mm-hmm. go, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we do podcasts on it. Mm-hmm. But you still, this film is still considered the best description of how the commodities market works. Yeah. And this is because, just a fucking yeah, Murphy comedy. The likes of Big Short or something like that, that was very specific to the housing market or whatever. But this yeah. is, yeah, our commodities, the things that we, the things we need because that's the other thing. I mean, I went through it all, and I remember them going, what the fuck is so worried about orange juice for? Mm-hmm. But again, it's not actually necessarily, uh, they're not an orange juice company. It's no. more about what are the core ingredients to make a society work, and orange juice being one of them, coffee being another one, and those sort of things. Pork bellies. Yeah. So and then they go the whole way up to gold in the yeah. film, just to describe that commodities scale from the lowest to the highest. Yeah. And that's, when you see that, then you're starting to realize, okay, that's how this all all this works. Yeah. But I still didn't get the whole, just the chaos. Because I remember just thinking, because the scene is, and you'll know the scene if you're listening, you've, you've seen Wall Street films before, whether it's been yeah. actually Wall Street or with Wall Street or whatever, when they go sell, and then all these people go, fuck a man, I'm going, how do you miss? There's, there's a boy at the back here, he didn't get nothing. You know, he you, get nothing? you wonder how that happens. What do you say? So they drop a slip on the floor and that's it. They drop a slip on the floor. The market goes on, but if you still have the slip in your hand, uh-huh. um, you can still trade. Right. So if you haven't bought or sold, but you have a slip to sell or buy, you can still trade after the the, the bell goes or the infamous bell yeah. or the, the whistle or whatever. But the, yeah, the slips are all estimated then from the whatever's left over. Jesus. The most organized of them send their best man in, uh-huh. and he's just the roughest to try to make this work. But uh, yeah, it's a fucking pretty brutal. And they filmed that on the floor in the World Trade Center. Well, yeah, I was going to say that that's in the actual World Trade. Mm-hmm. What was the World Trade well, Center? Well, it's the but 60th floor or something, and it's eight floors. So that's why the ceiling's so high. Right. They okay. knocked out eight floors, and that's that's actually where the stock exchange is. It's it where it was. Sorry. Yeah. And that that's that's how it works. Bonkers, mm. like crazy. And so you'd wonder then uh, the legacy of this film then, because Murphy went on then to well, good. Good, you're making a very good point. Um, there is. Do you, have you heard about Daddy Murphy rule? No. Where do you hear this shit? Get out of it. I swear to you. Thirty years after the release, uh-huh. the plot for the movie was part of inspiration for new regulations for the financial market. On March the third, two thousand and ten, Gary Gensler stated in a testimony to the Congress, "We have recommended banning using misappropriated government information to trade in commodities." In the movie Trading Places, starring Eddie Murphy, the Duke brothers intended to profit from trades in frozen concentrated orange juice and contracts from the future using an illicitly obtained, not yet public, Department of Agriculture orange crop report. The Eddie Murphy rule, as it became to be known, later came into effect in the Wall Street Transparency and Accountability Act under Section 746, which dealt exclusively with insider trading. Murphy, Eddie Murphy law! (laughs) It took 30 fucking years for them to go, did that film just give away what we were doing? <laughs> <laughs> or, or did it take 30 years for people to realise, fuck, that's how they did it. That, <laughs> well, wasn't, that, that wasn't a fake show. That was fucking be, real. Could very well be. Well, that just shows you how accurate it fucking was. Bang on the nose, like. That is... Edinburgh Comedy. 
Eddie Murphy is all the way, I tell you what. Um, well, you've got, I mean, film-wise, forget about the legacy. I didn't realize it a legacy. There actually is a financial trade, like, yeah. legal legacy. Uh, that's, maybe that's what the E in the FTSE stands for, is for Ed. Oh, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> um, so you've got Dan Aykroyd went on then. You're talking Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. sort of coming out for him. Once again, brought them, brought uh, through the roof in regards to the box office. Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, appeal, if you want. But Murphy went on then. Um, you're talking... A litany of, of again, class never stopped. Golden Child, Beverly Hills uh, Cop, Beverly Hills Cop uh, another 48 hours, and mm. then you've got Beverly Hills Cop 2. So the 80s did belong to Murphy, and that's it. Was sense. An eye, absolutely. And uh, it was a young black man who didn't do drugs, didn't drink, was completely involved, was a producer as well. Yeah. Scary as fuck to Hollywood, that like. Someone who can improvise, I got. And he can improvise. <laughs> and he's got the whole world at his feet. Uh-huh. And they even let him make a fucking album. Eddie can sing. Eddie can sing, but Eddie can't write. No, no, Eddie can't write. But Eddie can sing. Eddie can't sing. Uh, if you ever get a chance, go and take a look at uh, in recent years, because it's very very rare you see him now. I think the last thing I've seen him in, apart from like films and stuff, but the last thing I've seen him out in was uh, Seinfeld, when he done the comedians and mm-hmm. cars getting coffee. But um, if you check out the when he joined Stevie Wonder... Yeah. Did you see that at the yeah. at the award show where he goes up and like obviously him and Stevie Wonder obviously good friends so he gets up on stage and sings uh, Higher Ground with him but does yeah. the impersonation besides Stevie yeah. who's doing the thing. and obviously Stevie doesn't know he's doing it but, he doing. but you know in the middle of it Stevie's caught on to the laughter going oh you fucker you can sort of feel him bumming <laughs> against me he's like are you doing that impression to me um, so yeah but I mean the, the level of love you'd have to have to be Remember, allowed to do that like was it in Roar Delirious it's in Delirious Mary says, you want to press me, Stevie, want to take the wheel, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> Stevie crashing the tree. Ha ha, uh, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the visit of Stevie Wonder, one of your uh, first stand-up shows. Right. And I mean... Uh, yeah, and we forgot to mention that. It's two stand-up shows. It's like two of the biggest fucking two, stand-up yeah. tours ever filmed. And again, I mean, they, they maybe don't stand the test of time because of context and stuff. Um, I mean, we, they, very clear about lack of understanding around the AIDS and, and, yeah. and homos- uh, uh, anybody that's like the homosexual community. Mm. Uh, he wasn't given very much uh, uh, grace. Again, the context was that they didn't get an awful lot of grace. They didn't get an awful lot of um, support or, no. or uh, inclusion. And uh, so, I mean... Take those things out. The rest of the stand-up is absolutely bang on. Yes, You're not going to get anything. Yep, better. absolutely cool. Uh, and and I mean, if you if you listen to him talking on Seinfeld, I mean, the numbers are. I've I've heard a hundred million is the number for Murphy to to do it again to return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred million. It's it's worth it. Whatever we have, empty the vaults. Give it to him. Give it to him. I don't give a fuck. If he he should be doing it for free. If he latches on We to give him all our mind space to learn about fucking frozen <laughs> orange juice. <laughs> for the Eddie Murphy law to come in. Yeah, but Jimmy Lee. Oh, but then Jimmy Lee. So, yeah. yeah. yeah so. We get that for free. <laughs> Love Jimmy Lee. <laughs> I swore to myself I wouldn't talk about uh, it, but I you just know, can't. Right? They just can't. They always pop up. Did you know that Dan Aykroyd's wife... Oh, this is going to be a good one. I really <laughs> Dan Aykroyd's wife. That, remember the dream girl in Wayne's World 1? Not Kim Basinger, who's in Wayne's mm-hmm. World 2. That's Dan Aykroyd's wife. Get out of it. Donna Dixon. Get out. Well done, Dan. Good man, Dan. Well done, Dan. Dan the man. And that was like mid-90s, Wayne's World 1? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So early nights, yeah. He, he married her in, early, in the early 80s, around this time. Dan's a man. He knows the Dan crack. fucking knew the crack. Uh, that's why he laid back again, put on all the weight, just laid back and head. Here. I'm happy. She can't now. leave him. <laughs> Bring up. <laughs> Bring up Dan. Uh, but Dan, then I mean Dan Aykroyd went on, and he he did come into some great shows, and he was also in some rubbish. I think the same can be said for Murphy. Oh, the nineties were it a bad really time can be for said for Murphy. Peretti had a bad time, except for Bowfinger. Bowfinger's a fucking masterpiece. Bowfinger's, and I I have to shout out Nutty Professor, the first one. My professor's good. I just uh, some of them characters around that table were fucking. Uh, no, I, I could watch. Right. I could watch two hours of them yeah. just talking to each other around the table, uh, without any fucking plot yeah. or anything. Just the granny having to go. <laughs> Hercules, <laughs> my little Hercules. Uh, so I mean, 
I don't know what that was. I don't know the need for the latex and the, the costumes came upon Eddie uh, Murphy. By the time he got the Norbit, it was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. I think he, he was a big fan of Peter Sellers. He yeah. loved uh, Peter Sellers and he loved him doing different characters and dressing up and playing yeah. different. Remember in Doctor Strangelove, he plays like three. Oh, yeah, of, the characters. And he, yeah. he, he, I think he was a real big fan of that. And then with the technology, I think he went, fuck it. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll see where we can go. Like, yeah, to see where I can go. But uh, no, I think when he came back to Dream Girls, then I think that sort of. Well, he was Oscar nominated, wasn't yeah. he? Um, that's and he should have been Oscar nominated for Bullfinger, if I'm honest, because he's brilliant. He's brilliant, not he? Yeah, absolutely brilliant, not. Uh, and of course, Dolomite. I was just going to say, then we full circle back to Dolomite because I had Tire Heist in the middle of that too. Tire Heist was the first time I'd seen Eddie's Eddie Murphy. Back again, back yeah, again. I yeah. agree. Yeah, first time I'd seen him properly go and giving mm-hmm. it that character. And I know I don't want to be. You don't want to stereotype anybody on the rest. But no, but it's an enjoyable. But it's, if it's your strength, go with it. Ah, of course. Building it. Now I'm not saying he's not good in Dolomite because he's fucking brilliant in Dolomite as yeah, well. Um, Jim Lee Curtis then went on just sort of and, and plodded along in her career in the sense of she sort of popped up in a few reboots and remakes of. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Fish Called Wanda. Fish Called Wanda. And again, oh, that was a she, great one, yeah. she was again. I'm not. I wasn't being facetious by saying that at the start. She's a great comic actress. Yeah, like, she's very good. She yeah. has amazing comic yeah. timing and. True Lies, man. True Lies. The fuck, she's amazing. True, true Lies. They, da, is it Dan Aykroyd and her together in My Girl? Yes. Yeah? They yep. got together for My Girl, which so, is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you've got the sort of... The drifting into more recent years, where she's still got the short hair, but it's grey. And she's now into the Halloween... 20 yeah, or the Halloween 40 or something. Yeah, I, I think she's going to be in the next one as well. Oh, she is going to be in the next one. But, <coughs> um, yeah. well, I mean... I mean, she's married to Christopher Guest... Mm-hmm. She's a baroness. Yeah, she's Hollywood royalty. Like from before she was born, she's Hollywood royalty. Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, but she's still highly opinionated. A, a great actress. She's aged spectacularly. She hasn't turned into a lunatic in any way. No, and you know you can still she still favorably looks back to them films and laughs at them as well and can laugh mm-hmm. at herself and is a very affable person. So yeah, is she probably our our best? Actress, uh, I would go there, man. She's, she's one of the best. You're a wee bit biased. I love her, love her perhaps, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, listen, folks, as always, go and have a watch. We hope you've enjoyed listening to us. We hope you're enjoying your uh, your your internal um, combustion that's happening to everybody. Everybody's an alcoholic. Everybody's, everybody's two stone heavier. <laughs> everybody's losing their mind. Just I had a meltdown yesterday about birds sitting over the car. I mean, it's trading places will bring you out of that place. Yeah, you gotta you gotta watch these films. Huh? Trade places for something good. So go and watch trading places. What about that? Hey, trade places for something good. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So trading places. I think it's on Netflix, isn't it at the moment? Um, I'm not. Sh- I'm really sure I've seen it. There. Oh, yeah, I think you're right, actually. Um, so go and watch it, and as always, you know, stay safe and stay sane. Be cool. Be cool. Everybody, just be cool, everybody. Just be- just be cool. Be cool. <laughs>